The essence of divinity is found in the pronouns. Can I call him my? You know that the Psalm 23 is the Lord is my. There's another pronoun. The essence of divinity is found in the pronouns. Can I call him my father? There's a, there's a sense in a part of me that wants to <clears throat> kind of alter the Apostles' Creed and say something like, I believe in God, my father. Because the S, it's not enough to say God is father. Can I say God is my father? Because there is where the, um, the importance lie. In the pronoun. And Jesus uses it here in John 20, 17 uh, to describe God being our father, your father, my father. Now, guys, with that said, the, um, the real critical conversation, at least not just in, in theological circles, folks, in, in Christian circles, and, and, you know, if this is a little bit uh, over your head, um, then, then you need to um, you need to pull your head up a little bit, <laughs> because this is not just a discussion for for theologues. It's a discussion, and I'll show you why why I say that in a minute. Gang, there is a uh, a notion afoot that is very popular, very widely known, and it is called the universal fatherhood of God. You ever heard of that? Universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man. You ever heard of that? It really does sound nice. The only problem with it is that it's not true. There is no universal fatherhood of God. There is no such thing. And by the way, you have the uh, Unitarian Church to thank for um, rocking the whole theological world by introducing such a notion. The universal fatherhood of God. Gang, it's, uh, it's been around for a long time, but let's, let's tease it out in just a second. Um, if that could be shown to be true, the universal fatherhood of God, here's what that would mean, or at least one of the things that that would mean. It would mean that all mankind is spiritually related Um, that notion is given voice and given illustration in something that I think you might have heard before, that all religion is a mountain and God is at the top of the mountain Um, and uh, the Muslims go to God that way and, and the Christians go to God that way and I don't know how to make this. Um, uh, okay, and then uh, the Hindus go to God, but but they always get to God because we are all spiritually related because there is a universal fatherhood of God. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, that is the religion of Pope Francis in the in the Roman Catholic Church today. Um, that is called pluralism. And pluralism, um, it's uh, a close cousin to relativism, sorry. Um, but uh, 
um, the notion that there is a universal fatherhood of God means that God is the father of all mankind and uh, that we as, uh, as, as humans are all somehow spiritually related. Guys, um, again, the world loves to talk like that. I mean, you hear that language occasionally throughout the media. It's just not so. There is no universal fatherhood of God. There is no such thing. And I want to show you that tonight. Um, we call God Father, and um, there, there is a, certainly a privilege to do so, but we uh, have that privilege a certain, in, in only one way. And by the way, if there is this universal fatherhood of God thing, that, that that means that there is no exclusive claims that can be made by anyone to have access to God. Because he's the father of all mankind. It sounds nice. And, you know, I was about to say I wish it were so. I'm not sure I do. But um, it's, it's not true. There is no such thing. I'm sure you've heard of that, that, that sentence. But let's, um, let me show you or at least um, uh, try to demonstrate that such a notion is, is, is so false. Guys, uh, the closest text that the Unitarians could give, although I don't think the Unitarians gave it, I don't think the Unitarians give one hoot about what the text says. They just dreamed up something that sounded very nice, and that's one of the things that sounds real nice. But I don't think they appeal to any uh, passage. But there are those uh, who are in support of them who would point us to a text found in Acts 17, that you might go, you might want to take a look at. All I'm saying is, this is if there is any kind of biblical evidence for the universal fatherhood of God, this is where they would turn. Is this Acts 17 passage? Um, uh, I'll, uh, let me just read, starting in verse 26, Acts 17, 20. and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the uh, on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods in the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Here we go. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought to think that the divine being is et cetera, et cetera. Now, guys, uh, you notice uh, in that statement, uh, Paul gives um, or he affirms the historicity of Adam being the, um, the one man from whom all people have descended. You know, just as an aside, I've always seen that as the greatest argument that there is against racism if we are all descended from one man. But, but that's not the point that he's trying to make here. Um, but you do need to see this. The normal Greek word for sons 
is that word, huias. That's not, that, that's the word that's translated sons throughout the New Testament. That's not the word that you find here. You notice that it's translated offspring. It's the word genos. In the New Testament, genos is translated tribe. Um, it's translated kind. It's, but the, in total, uh, the, the word genos is found 21 times in the New Testament. The Greek word weos, which is the normal word for son, is found in three and a half pages. <laughs> reference after reference. After. All I'm trying to, re- to establish is this. If the author wanted to call us sons, he would have used this word, not that one. Um, he's got, a, he's got a, a word that's used lots of times in the New Testament. That's, that's uh, uh, translated sons. But he doesn't use weas. He uses the term genos, which is translated this, um, this offspring thing. Um, now, but this is the one place they will take you to establish some kind of universal fatherhood of God. Now, folks, there is no universal fatherhood of God. There is a universal creaturehood, um, creaturehood of man, and a universal creatorhood of God. He is the creator of all mankind, but he is not the father of all mankind. If you insist on such a thing, you end up at this mountain where everybody's going to the top. But gang, there's so much in the New Testament to overturn that business. Let me show you. I mean, there's there's several places which I would say is just the the case closed, but let's look at one. Um, go with me, if you will, in uh, your copies to John 8. Um, there is quite a heated exchange between Jesus and the Jews in John 8. Um, so heated, in fact, that they call him, I hope this is permissible, but they call him an illegitimate child in this little uh, heated dialogue. Look at it. Let's start. Uh, let's start at verse thirty-nine. No, let's not start all the way up there. Uh, let's start in. Um, well, let's start in thirty-nine. <laughs> they answered him, "Abraham is our father." Jesus said to him, "If you were Abraham's children, you'd be doing what Abraham did." Now, you may be a descendant of Abraham, but you are not. He is not your father. Uh, But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. They reply. Um, We were not born of sexual immorality. You see what they just accused him of? Um, We know how you were born. There was a Roman soldier that visited your your mother's apartment one night. and, and, And that's where you came from. Sexual immorality. Uh, I told you it was a heated exchange. Uh, We have one father, even God. See that claim? That's the same claim that the Unitarians would make. That's the claim of of 1920ths of this planet. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. 
for I came from God and I'm here. I came not on my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is, not, it is because you cannot hear, bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. <laughs> and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer. Um, down at the bottom, verse 47. Who is, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Gang, Judaism makes a claim to be descendants of Abraham, and that they are, biologically, ethnically, genetically. But if they were spiritual sons of Abraham, two things, three things. They would love the Lord Jesus, they would obey him, and they would serve him. The only people who can make a claim to being in that descendancy spiritually are people who love the Lord Jesus, obey him, and serve him. Um, That statement that he makes into the face of his enemies, oh, no, 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 no. That's not who your father is. I'll tell you who your father is. You're of your father, the devil. Um, that should be enough to settle the whole thing. At least I hope it is. Um, Yes, um, there is a universal creatorhood of God, but not a universal fatherhood of God. Um, To honor the father, this father, you must honor the son. Um, And there is a narrow exclusivity to all that. The only people who can make a claim that this God is their father are the people who have Jesus as their savior. There is an exclusive group that can say this. I believe in God the Father. Who are those people? Who are those people who can say that that God is my Father? It's the ones who have the Savior as their Savior. The way he becomes your Father, ladies and gentlemen, is that you get adopted into a family um, where the big brother is Jesus. Guys, um, the Bible does not describe sonship in biological terms. And I'm telling you to this very moment, Judaism thinks that it's safe because Abraham is their father. And Abraham is called the father of the faith. So... um, all this is that is being said and claimed by Jesus here is um, is ignored, rejected. Uh, in the, I don't even think Judaism would talk about a universal fatherhood of God, but um, they would consider themselves uh, descendants of Abraham, who is the father of the faith, which means that we're descendants of the faithful.
No. Um, folks, you know, I, I'm, I, I wrote this down recently. I don't even remember why I was writing, but I remember hearing John MacArthur uh, preach one time, and John MacArthur is one of my heroes. He's, he's, uh, I, I'm glad he's still alive. Um, RC's gone. John's still around. He won't, I mean, he's older than I am. Um, and, you know, I'm, I got one foot in the grave. Uh, but I remember John MacArthur saying something like this one time. He said, you know what? We preachers are just like everybody else. We want to be loved by people just like you do. We are just as eager to be loved and affirmed and applauded by people as anybody else. I said that to say this. I would love to believe this. I would love to teach this. It is so much more broad and accommodating and popular and acceptable. And you know, I've got this huge, unmet emotional need to be loved. There's just one thing about it. It ain't so. And, and I know we've got a couple other passages to look at, but I mean, that one ought to be enough. Jesus said, oh, you're claiming that God's your father, are you? Well, that ain't the truth. I'll tell you your father is. Your father is the devil. You know what, folks? Those who propose such a thing, you know, they got a father, but it is not the God of Abraham. It's another father. Who likes, who enjoys saying that? Who gets pleasure out of denouncing? Here's what I get pleasure in. Don't touch me, says Jesus. I have not yet ascended to my Father and your Father. That I get pleasure in teaching. But how does he become my Father? How do I, how do I get into the place where I can say of a truth, I believe in God the Father? Well, you honor his Son. Um, um, gang, John chapter 3, don't turn there. Um, you find there that the fatherhood of God is related to ge- regeneration. Um, that is, those who are born of the Spirit are sons of God. Um, then go over with me. Let's look one other place. Go to the book of Romans, and we'll try to quit here. Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 14. Romans 8, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. (laughs) Is that enough for you? Just in case not, uh, keep that in mind and go up to, oh, the middle of um, um, verse 9. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Folks, um, maybe you don't give a a nickel about this this debate uh, about the universal fatherhood of God, but let me tell you who does. 
everybody except the Christian church has a vested interest to make sure that we can promote such a thing as the universal fatherhood of God. And I'm showing you that according to this book, it, it just, it was spawned by the devil. And yet we, um, we make some kind of um, nod in the direction of these beautiful sounding words. The universal fatherhood of God. It's not so, folks. It's not so. If you want to be able to stand and say, I believe in God the Father, then this is how you become his son or daughter. You come to Christ. Those are the ones uh, about whom it is, they are called huyas, the sons and the daughters of God. Those are the ones who call him Father. Nobody else. Guys, keep reading with me. Uh, I'm in Romans 8. Um, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to, to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So who is it that can make that plea? Abba, Father. Well, those who are adopted as sons. Who, who are adopted as sons? Those are the ones who receive the Spirit. Who are the ones that receive the Spirit? Those who have been born anew. Who are the ones who have been born anew? Those ones who have discovered the beauty of Christ and Him crucified. You. You can call Him Father. But... Um, Nobody else. That's an elitist claim, folks. That's an exclusive claim according to, um, according to the, uh, uh, the liberal theology and according to Rome. Rome doesn't care what you are, but you can still make it to God. That, again, is the religion of Pope Francis who is in kind of a bit of trouble these days. Um, gang, it, it, seems, it seems that the highest, the supreme doxology of all is to come to the place where we can call God Father. To do so is to acknowledge his authority over us and to rest in his protection and his provision. Just like I, as a human father, wanted to protect and provide for my children, those who are um, uh, related to this God by faith in Christ can call him father and count and, re and rest in his protection and his provision. Um, now, so go back to where we started, to John chapter 20, and take a look again. <clears throat> um, hopefully this will mean more to you now. John chapter 20 at verse 17. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to... Look what he says. 
He calls us my brothers. There's that personal pronoun. And if you're a Christian tonight, you can use it. My brothers. He identifies himself with folks like us. Uh, Go tell my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father. Those who are brothers of this Christ can claim this God as their father. Um, And so once again, folks, as Luther said, we're back to pronouns. We're back to personal pronouns. It is the essence. It is the pith. It is the, um, it is the heart and soul of all Christian living to be able to use those personal pronouns. And if you're trusting in Jesus Christ tonight, you can use them. You can say, I believe in God, the Father. Yes, the God who is my Father. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the supreme doxological statement and claim of the Christian. We'll quit there tonight. Our Father, um, we come uh, as people who have been blood-bought. We came out of a hostile camp. We came out of um, a place where we were your enemies, And yet, you opened our eyes to see our need for a Savior. You opened our eyes to see our sin. And now we no longer are enemies. We're sons and daughters. So that enmity is over. The warfare ceased. And we are people who have been adopted into your family. And we call you our Father who art in heaven. Might that privilege become more precious and dear to us as we recognize that the world, though it makes a a claim, um, it's a claim that has no right. It is only those who have honored the Son, who have been born of the Spirit, who have been adopted into this family, who can now use these personal pronouns, calling God our Father. Might it be true of all of us, Father, if you've brought somebody here tonight who has not yet met this Savior of ours, might they see the urgency of their situation, that, um, that the, the, the big need is to come into the family of God through faith in Christ. Thank you for having done that, uh, or having brought us, so many of us in this room, to that place. We pray, of course, tonight in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord.